0: 710 ESPN Sedano and Cap for your afternoon right now On 710 ESPN It's time for for What What you need to know Let's do it what you need to know right now
1: The home Our friend Lindsay, Lindsay, what do you got today?
2: Well, guys, I don't know if you heard this, but uh, it's a big deal. Sports entertainment company, The Endeavor Group, has purchased the WWE and will combine it into a new company with the UFC. You know, Cappy,
1: if you were a wrestler, like if I had to peg you, I feel like you'd be like Jake the Snake Roberts. You'd come out in those tights, right? The long snake tights. With this, the boa wrapped around you, the boa constrictor. But. I feel, and the, but, the, the mullet. You had a mullet? At one like, point. Jake, the snake no, is all you. No, no, no. Because. And you love to, you know, you love to, you know, the, you're the shenanigans guy. You but put I, the snake out, you freak
3: people out. But I don't like snakes. Like, I'm really deathly afraid of snakes. Yeah. I'm the guy that goes to the zoo and realizes there's like a 12-inch piece of glass between me and the snake. Right. And then I knock on the window and I taunt the snake. This is for you, snake. Okay. I don't know why. I taunt snakes. I'm afraid of snakes. Jake the Snake would come out with this big canvas bag, and inside was like this 12-foot boa constrictor. I don't want to touch snakes. I don't want to be around snakes. I think you got me pegged in the wrong way. I'm more like Dusty Rhodes. You know that.
1: You yeah, like but the... you don't look like Dusty Rhodes. Well, like, I mean, this he past- He is w- a larger man. This
3: past weekend, I was styling and profiling yeah, like Ric Flair.
1: You have more like the you have more like the Jake the Snake bod. How about, about Jesse like, the Body? About... And you had the mullet. Like, yeah. that's the thing. Roddy
3: Piper. Rowdy Roddy. Okay. I mean, we're in the kilt. Where, where yeah. I just go crazy all the time. And everybody thinks I'm unpredictable, and they don't know what's going to happen. Oh, that is not you at all. Okay. Okay. Then. That, uh, yeah, that's fine. Then who else?
2: I'm trying to think.
3: I mean, how about Roman Reigns? No. Did I you see Roman Reigns you this, aren't this nothing past weekend? You like weren't
2: Roman Reigns, nothing Cappy. Like you don't think so? No, no. No offense, but. Nah, that's all right. No. Did you go to WrestleMania? I did not. Oh. Chewy was. Uh, Chewy had an incident. He was in the vet hospital. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. my. It's terrible. He's eating rocks, so. Yeah, not good. Yeah, it's not good. But if I could finish my, what you need to know really quick. Oh, oh, speaking of eating, by the way,
1: yeah. Yeah. But we have great pizza here.
3: Endeavor, Endeavor is buying WWE and putting the and putting UFC together.
2: Yes, yes. They're merging.
1: Uh, Well, they're going to be one company that's publicly traded: the UFC and the WWE.
2: Yes, the publicly listed entertainment giant, which is WWE, and the MMA franchise, is valued at about twenty-one billion dollars together. The new business, which does not yet have a name, will be led by Endeavor CEO Ari Emanuel, and Vince McMahon is going to still have the same role at the new company. While Dana White will continue as president of UFC. So,
3: wow! Now, Ari Emanuel—he's the guy that uh, Ari was based on in In Entourage. uh, In Entourage. Mm -hmm. Yep. Okay. Wow, that's a big, that's a really, really big deal. Yeah. Pretty be- cool. Be- well, it is, and I'm sure that there are probably some people thinking to themselves, now, wait a second, WWE, we understand that's an entertainment sporting event, but MMA, that's completely unscripted, and who knows how it's going to happen. and what's. Now, again, they, they, they sort of are close together, kind of, but one is, and I don't like to say this, so why don't you say it? I mean, wrestling is kind of...
2: It's not fake.
3: I'm not saying fake. That's it's not what I'm scripted. I don't even like to say it. Scripted. Okay, but I don't like
2: to say it. The outcomes are scripted, but the wrestling is real. Of course, 100 injuries yeah. are real. Of wow. course, but to take two different,
3: you know, organizations like this. Right. One's unscripted. One is. As you think right,
1: so. but but Dana White and Vince McMahon have a lot of parallels in the sense of just the way they help build those <laughs> franchises up to where they're at today.
2: No doubt, they're going to benefit big time. UFC from the WWE, like marketing giant, like yeah. conglomerate, right? And just mean, all the you know the, the toys and the yeah. franchising, like everything. They can
1: I, combine to make a lot of money
3: yeah, together. They're I, everywhere, I got, and, and and you talk about putting wrestling superstars in front of the MMA crowd, I'm not saying to fight or to wrestle, yeah. and you take some of the MMA, the UFC stars, and bring them over to wrestling and have them do stuff. Yeah. I mean,
2: Well, they, they, it's had a lot of success doing it so far. I know. With Brock Lesnar, yeah. Ronda Rousey, she was huge. Ronda Rousey has more, I think she has more followers than any of the, because uh, she does both, she does WWE and UFC, and I think she has more followers than all of the WWE superstars. Wow.
3: Well, crazy. I, I think it's, it's amazing. So, hey, Ari, because you know George, Ari Emanuel Big 710 listener. Oh, yeah? Did you know that? I did
1: not know that. You should find that out. Oh. Ari. I was once represented by William Morris Endeavor. Okay. Yeah. Uh, how about Ari? I don't know Ari at all. Okay. Well, I do. Hey, Ari. Yeah.
3: Uh, way to go, man. Great job. That's a monster deal to put those two groups together. Yeah. And I know you're listening, my brother, so I'll just say muzzle tub to you. Way to go. Way to do
1: that deal. I'm going to get in on this pizza that they just brought us here in a second.
3: That does look like a nice pie.
1: Yeah, it's, it's got, got like all a, sorts of like the meats on yeah. it. Yeah, different types you. of sausage. Yeah, that looks really good. I'm gonna have it. I'm gonna pick at it first. Okay, if so I don't make a huge mess. And then
3: there's this Hawaiian one. Yeah. That Tony tells me is there's like the. There's brisket bomb. on this thing. Yeah, you don't have to do that. I, I get it, man. It's all good. I got it. All right. Look yeah, good. Good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you like it's good, huh? You like it a juice, and huh, my friend. Is good. Yeah. Oh, that sausage is spicy. Nice.
1: Spicy sausage. Well. Kosher and spicy. There you go. Probably on the same. Um, So anyway. Yeah. LeBron. Yeah. Here's where you're wrong about the timing, because you said if he came back the next game, they would have been more prepared. In theory, yes. But it is very common practice in the National Basketball Association that players, when coming back from injury, are going to test out how they feel Mm -hmm. in pregame an hour before the tip. So no matter what, there's a high probability that whatever game he played, he was going to try to test it before the game to make a final decision.
3: Fine. If that's, uh, if that, if that's the standard operating procedure and, and that's the answer you want to go the with, That's the that's, SOP. That's fine. I have a slightly different opinion. Yeah. But I'll just say this. I shared that opinion a lot last week. Yeah. That I thought LeBron should have waited to come back until Wednesday. Mm-hmm. It's over now. It doesn't matter. What matters is is that they got LeBron back, they've reintegrated him in, mm-hmm. everybody knows what their role is. Right, everybody's everybody, good now? Everybody knows the game plan. Everybody can play with LeBron? Everybody can now go out there and feel like they know what's going on. Okay. And LeBron can do what LeBron's been saying and probably needs to do more now than ever before. What's that? Run the team through Anthony Davis. Because Anthony Davis, can we agree on this? at at this stage of the season, is as fit and as healthy as he's been. This late in the season. I would agree. In a long time.
1: Yeah. Although, were you terrified when he hurt his ankle in the beginning of that game?
3: Yes, because every time Anthony Davis gets touched, he goes down like as if it's over. He does do that. I mean, like, seriously, <laughs> he went down and he's writhing in pain the I mean, he probably floor. was
1: writhing in pain, though. But you do think he wasn't writhing in it, pain? It's not
3: that he wasn't writhing in pain. I don't know what his pain tolerance is. I'm not suggesting to you that it didn't hurt. Let me get you and twist your ankle. I have a very high pain tolerance. Put you in a camel clutch. No, you don't understand. Very Figure high. four leg lock. That might hurt. Yeah. But I'm very good at taking the figure four and rolling over onto my belly and then reversing the effects right. of the figure four.
1: You, you reverse it like Missy Elliott? Not exactly like that. Oh.
3: More like Ric Flair. Oh, okay. Yeah. So here's the thing. LeBron comes back. Mm-hmm. They lose. Yeah. Since that time, they've won three straight games. That's the facts right here. Wait a second, Chef. Oh, what's chef, up, Chef? Chef is coming over to say
1: something. What do you got? I would
4: love for you to give us some pitch on this mazaluma
1: pizza. It is oh. unbelievable. Chef. I've been, the meat was falling off, so I had to get a fork. But pi- it's out of control. But the pizza's called a Mezzaluna, right? Yeah. Chef. Yeah, it's got some uh, some mac and cheese in there, too. But I haven't had it because because what happened everybody is- Everybody grabbed it. It looks so good that everybody came
3: and grabbed it. Yeah. I know. So it's gone, the Mezzaluna. Yeah. But I'm told that this Hawaiian pizza- But you can grab- There's a piece right there for you. No, I want, like, the, the real piece of the Mezzaluna. I'm not going to have the leftover of the Mezzaluna. I'm going to have the real deal Mezzaluna. Okay. You know what I'm saying? All right. We'll All get right? another one. We are going to get another one. Okay. Okay. Yeah, we need another. Yeah, we Jeff, all got to try it. We'll
1: try whatever you want. We all got to try, yep. try it. Yeah. Mezzaluna. Let's do it, Yeah. Yeah. Because he never got one. Didn't yeah. try it yet. Yeah. yeah. All right, go ahead. What all were you right. saying about LeBron?
3: All I'm saying is this it's great that LeBron is back. It's awesome that he put in all that time and all that energy and probably all that money to go find the LeBron James of doctors. Yeah. It's amazing the sacrifice that he made when a lot of other guys might have been like, you know what? This season, this team, this front office, what's happened here, screw it, I'm done for the year. Yeah. I give LeBron nothing but credit for working as hard as he did right. to come back. And now that he's back, George, yeah. now he can do what he's been saying the entire time, Yeah, which is let the team run through AD. And what's happened is, in the last three games, the whole team understands it's running through AD. And that's probably their best formula for success, given that LeBron... Was off for four weeks right. and had to do everything humanly possible to get himself back, which, which he did. is not easy. Right, which he did. Especially at 38. And so now at 38, coming off this kind of an injury, don't try to carry the team, be part of the team. Anthony Davis is the number one now, at least from a scoring right, perspective. But that's what they wanted the whole time. But that's not what they were
1: doing. No, they weren't doing it because he wasn't providing that.
3: He wasn't providing that because there's been no consistency. Here we go again. No, no, but there's been no consistency. AD's hurt. LeBron's hurt. The roster changes. LeBron's hurt. Mm -hmm. Finally, they're back. I mean, this is what I'm trying to say. What are you trying to say? That with seven or eight games left, they could all of a sudden go from a team that was left for dead and couldn't even get to 500 to no joke
1: making making a championship run. Yeah. No joke. Well, I don't know. I mean, listen, maybe they could win the finals. It's possible. Um... They could get there. I I believe that. Why not? Kind of like San Diego State tonight. Why not? Why not? I mean, the Lakers... It's a little harder to get to the NBA Finals, but... But the
3: Lakers would be UConn as a brand. Yeah. But as a team, they'd be such a huge underdog. I mean, the little underdog Lakers, are we really doing that, though? Come on. Let's not be ridiculous, though. (laughs) but, But based on the way this season has gone... Who would have ever thought that the I,
1: Lakers— I do love Lakers' Twitter, though, does do that. They love to be—they they, they actually—and it's tongue-in-cheek when they do it. They're like, the underdog Lakers, here we come. I do love that about Lakers' Twitter, but no one's actually buying that.
3: No, but look, they're a brand. We know that. Yeah. They're the biggest brand. Yeah. But because of the way the season started— because of all the controversy throughout, yeah. the roster turnover, turnover. the injuries, yeah. and now the Lakers may yeah. do something that every team would love to do right, right. now, right. which is peak at the right time.
1: Right. And Brody is going to play in a couple days against them. Which I love. We're going to get to that later. So, GP the Glove, Gary Payton, Hall of Famer, is supposed to join us here shortly. We're here at Yamaha hanging out. Yeah. What's up, GP? Yeah. What's up, Glove? We'll hang out with you. Come watch the game with us. Make sure you enjoy it. We'll be here till 6.15 until we uh, flip over to not the Not me. The I'm game. hanging out. I'm staying for the game. Well, I'm saying we'll be on the air. Today. Nah, but I'm just staying here. You're going to stay on the I'm air? St- not on the air. That's I'm staying what, here at Yamava. That's what I'm talking about, on the air. Well, I'm staying here at Yamavah. Cool. All right, that's next here on 710.
0: Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up hypnotic and cognac weighing heavy on the team.
5: Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Yes, Bia.
1: Think together, stand and stop forever. Nothing's gonna stop us. I will give you a $20 bill if you can tell me the movie that this was the closing song for. Not you, sir. Him. Because he knew. He immediately peeked over. Don't get, No, don't tell him. I'll give you $10. No, don't, we'll tell, split him. It. don't tell him. We'll split it. Don't tell him. We'll split it. Don't tell him. He's got to go on his own. Jeff- Jefferson Starship. Yeah, Nothing's Gonna Stop Us Now it was the closing Nothing's song stop us in now. a movie. I'll give you one hint if you can't guess it. Go ahead. Kim Cattrall is in the movie. You've just confused me. Yeah. Because All right, I'm going to give you ten seconds because this. No, is give me thing. another hint. No, that's it. Come on, one more. I mean, she hasn't done that many movies. I mean, I think of her though as. Um, Sex in the City. Yes. This is before Sex in the City.
4: Say 80s. anything.
1: No, no. Not say anything. You were close um, because uh, John Cusack is similar to the actor. Who uh, is it? It was the movie Mannequin. Mannequin, I would never have gotten Mannequin. Yeah, it was Mannequin. Was that was John Travolta in Mannequin? No, it was uh, Andrew McCarthy. Ah, Andrew McCarthy. Yeah, who is Cusack? Yes. Yeah, he's in not the same, as good as Cusack. No,
3: but he's in the same era.
1: Yeah, and very in a lot of uh, romantic comedies like Cusack was. And
3: a big seven ten listener. Probably Andrew McCarthy. I mean, he might be big seven ten listener. Shout out Andrew. Yeah. And John
1: Travolta, who's another big seven yeah. ten listener. And shout out John. Kim Cattrall was the mannequin. Love that Kim he control. fell in love with. Love. Kim she control. would come to life at night. She, she was, worked in the department store. She
3: was the hot, dirty one on. Uh, she was yes, yeah. on Sex and the City. God, she was hot. Yeah. Sexy. Yeah. What, Lindsay? What? It
2: just sounds super creepy, Cap.
3: What the hot, dirty one? Yes. No, but she was. She was like the dirty one. Wasn't <laughs> she it, was. Me? She
2: was that one. Right? Wasn't she was she?
3: Like The promiscuous one. Yeah, that's so okay. Promiscuous, dirty. I mean, you know. It's just You know, colorful promiscuous language. girl. You know,
1: that's all. Like Nelly Furtado and Timbaland, man. You know it. Like That's 10. what I was thinking. Yeah. Anyway. So, as we were talking. Yes, um, sir. So, we'll, we'll talk more basketball here in a second. I did see something that popped up on one of the screens here that I wanted to talk to you about. Will Levis will meet with the Raiders. I told you the Raiders are going to go get a quarterback, man. This Jimmy Garoppolo thing, you, you nailed this. He's a placeholder. It's just a matter for who. Yep. And I think it's going to be Will Levis. Like, it, because he's the guy that I think is most likely to drop of those guys. Because Bryce and CJ are going to be the top two guys. And then I think someone will take a chance on Anthony Richardson because just the upside is insane. Mm-hmm. And Levis is like kind of like a safe pick in the sense of like, you know, you feel like he's going to be pretty good under the right tutelage. You know, he, maybe he's not a superstar. He's got a cannon for sure. But he's kind of got like the guy who can be more than a game manager kind of feel to me. And if you're Josh McDaniels, that's, you know, It buys you more time,
3: too. I can't believe I'm about to tell you this, but last week when all these kids that you're mentioning, all these these top four quarterbacks, they all had their pro days last week. You watched it. And I watched it. The Underwear Olympics. I watched it all play out on ESPN. You know, right. Lewis Riddick is there. Yeah, they were all there. Yeah. Todd McShay is in the house. Yeah. Todd, Todd, Todd. And they're doing all the interviews with these kids afterwards. Yeah. And you're watching the coaches kind of buddy up to them. Yeah. And that's how the fraternity is started. Right. It's not just because of your career. It's as you're growing into it and the coaches that come to see you and that right. you get to meet and so on. I actually liked Will Levis. You did? In his workout. I mean, I was surprised yeah. that he was athletically
1: built the way he is. He's like a Ryan Tannehill esque type player.
3: Well, Tannehill had like this this tall wide receiver kind of body. Right. He was. That he he's very athletic. Yeah. That he converted into a quarterback body. Yeah. But this guy, Will Levis, believe it or not, he kind of reminded me of Derek Carr, a lot, but bigger, um, way bigger, like stronger, fitter, yeah. more muscular looking. Way bigger, you know. Yeah. But I liked Will Levis. You know, I looked at his numbers at Kentucky. And, you did? And they're good. They're okay. You did a I mean, deep dive?
1: Not really. Oh. More of a shallow well, I, dive. I, I, I'll give you this because, I, you know, I have a buddy who, who uh, works in the hotel industry in Lexington. Uh-huh. So he's become kind of like, you know, the, the team stays at his hotel. So he's become like a de facto Kentucky fan. Yeah. And he says to me, my guy Alex. He says to me. He says he thought Will Levis was fine until his offensive line was in shambles. And then at that point, he just got pummeled every game.
3: Well, you're playing at Kentucky in the SEC. SEC. Yeah. You know, I mean, you're, you're not playing in Alabama in the SEC where you can absorb two or three guys getting hurt. Right. Because the next three guys up are all five-star, first-team, high school, All-Americans, but, and like the Gatorade player of
1: the year. Do you feel comfortable with the Raiders' offensive line? I mean, he may not have to play anyway. It's going to be Jimmy G, obviously, at the beginning anyways.
3: So. But I like that he looks like the new style of quarterback. He doesn't look like... Marino, and Elway, he looks like the new style. He's fit, yeah. he's lean, he's very athletic. I like
1: it. All right, let's break early here because the Hall of Famer, GP, is in the house. The glove. The glove. The glove. I was there when he you won his championship. I was there when he won his championship ring. I was there. So we'll talk to the glove next. Let's take a quick break. We're here at Yamava. We'll to talk to glove. GP in right a on, second man. here on 710 right ESPN. On.
0: This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. better because it has to be enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at betmgm sign up using code FirstTake and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet when you register with betmgm you'll get instant access to a variety of parley selection features live betting options and the best daily promotions in the business Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel.
1: Thanks, Christopher. Actually, going to throw it back to you, today. Yeah, thank you very much, because we have the Hall of Famer, Gary Payton. GP. GP. the glove. Is the glove. Out. Let's give it up for GP. The glove. First of all, thank you so much for joining us. Appreciate it. Appreciate um, it. So, tonight, right, like, you know... This is a once-in-a-lifetime moment these kids are going through, right? They're on right. the biggest stage. They're playing in football stadiums. It has got to be as wild as wild could be. When you think back, and, and look, pressure was never something you cared about. You, you were applying pressure <laughs> right, right. on people. But when you think of some of the biggest stages you were on, what, was, what were those games like pregame?
6: Well, you know what? If you really really getting into it and you want to do it, you got butterflies at the beginning. You know what I'm saying? But then once you get out on the basketball floor, it's easy. Once it goes in, it's just like riding a bike. You get into it, and then you start playing. You, you just got to make sure that your teammates is not in, in that, that that panic mode yeah. because you got to get them more relaxed. And what I did was, I just try to get them relaxed. I just try to get the players. It's another game. Yeah, it's a basic game. Once the ball once the ball get thrown up, let's just get go out and go get it. You know what I'm saying? And then let's cut off mistakes. Because a lot of teams start making a lot of mistakes, and then the mistakes uh, uh, compile up, and then all of a sudden you're down 15, and then you're trying to chase chase to get back in the game. And I just tell people to be calm, play the same game, it's a normal game, and and, and it'll work out for you.
3: Gary, let's talk about defensive positioning, though. Like, if you're San Diego State, you've gotten here because you play swarming defense. And, you know, it was interesting, because George and I were at the game the other night, is that when they're down 14 points, I look at these guys sitting next to me, I go, they're not built to come back. But what they did do is they stayed true to who they are, like how they play. What is it about defense that the game doesn't have nowadays that allows a team like this that can't score <laughs>
6: to be able to get to the championship game? Well, you know what? I was at that same game, and and I was watching FAU, and they were they were playing really well. They were making shots, and I think that – you know, what San Diego did was is that they, they, when they do get down and they can't shoot the basketball like that and they got to penetrate, shots weren't going in. But what they did was they they picked up intensity. They start staying in the focus. They stay in there. They were staying there. And then they got down 14. And I said, well, this, this looks like a little bit, it's going to be trouble. But what they did was they created turnovers. They started blocking shots and then they got into the run yeah. and then they weren't setting up. When they did not set up, to play run an offense and had running and, and their defense applied, they got right back in the game really, really quickly. And that's what they do to teams. They speed teams up, and then all of a sudden teams start making quick shots. They go on turnovers, and then they start getting dunks, and then all of a sudden they make shots, and, it, and then it goes right for them. And that's what San Diego did. You know why he knows that?
1: Because when he was in Seattle, he'd be applying pressure to every
6: point guard, and all of a sudden, Sean Kemp would leak out and an easy bucket for Sean Kemp, thanks to GP. And that's the way you know, that's the way the San Diego guards play. Yeah. Remember, they pressure 90, 94 feet, yeah. and that's what they do. They make the guys turn and turn, and then all of a sudden, when they get to it in a 30-second clock, it's already down to 14. Right. And then they're speeding their game up, and then all of a sudden that happens. It creates bad shots, yeah. and next thing you know, you get a turn over here, and then they're out running. And when they're out running, they're very comfortable, and then their big men start to go to work in the inside. You remember they start yep. going and attacking, spinning, and getting a little easy hook jump, hook, jump shots. And then all of a sudden, they're back in the game. I think San Diego could have beat them by more than that, well, yeah. but they missed free throws. Missed so many, they right. were they, 13 they, of 22 on free right. throws. They only 59% from the free throw line, and then it was bad. Gary, but let me ask you, did you stay for the
3: Connecticut-Miami game? I did. So... um You've seen Connecticut steamroll everybody mm-hmm.
6: in the tournament. You saw them destroy Miami. What Can San Diego State win this game tonight? Yes, they can. But what I think they have to do is they, don't, they can't get out of their character. I don't think if they get down 15, 16 against Connecticut, they'll come back. Connecticut got big guys. They got big men, and they can shoot the basketball. Oh, yeah. And they play defense too. I think what San Diego has to do is they can't make a lot of ter- a lot of mistakes. They gotta pressure them, and then they gotta go at the big guys, and they gotta go at them. I think if they attack the basket, get them in foul trouble, they'll have a chance. But. UConn comes off the bench with great basketball players. Oh, yeah. I think their second unit is better than their first unit, me personally. (laughs) And then that's what they do. You know, they just pick at you and pick at you, and they knock down shots. You know, the big men were knocking down shots the other night. Yeah. And they just have to stay within themselves. Don't get out of yourself, and then just try to play their defense and then get easy baskets.
1: Gary Payton, the glove, Hall of Famer with us yeah. here. The on glove Sidano. is in the house, everybody. Sedano and Cap here on 710 ESPN. Speaking of defense, obviously you're one of the greatest defenders of all time.
3: Um, I mean, just by virtue of nickname alone.
1: Oh, I mean, obviously. <laughs> but you, we know that you're one of the greatest defenders of all time. You took so much pride in playing defense. I and mean, you were an incredible offensive player, too. But that you owned that territory on the floor. Who's the guy that when you saw him on the schedule and you were, you were getting to the arena that night, you were like, I want that challenge tonight. Who was the guy that, that or maybe it could be a couple guys, but who were the guys that immediately, like, come out? On only, the one,
6: only one that I, I really did research on and then I got ready for it. I didn't do nothing the night before was John Stockton. I, I, just, I just couldn't figure him out for six years. Wow. I couldn't figure him out. And then all of a sudden, you know, I used to get in a lot of people's heads. But I couldn't get into his head because he never really responded. Yeah, he never said. He just walked it. <laughs> by like he's stone faced. You know what I'm saying? And that really bothered me yeah. until I figured him out. Yeah. So I just had to be quiet myself against him yeah. and just play him because he was taking charges. Yeah. He was doing things like that, and people didn't understand. He only played 34 minutes a game. Right. And then you look up on the board. He had 26, 14. Uh, five and five and that was just something that I couldn't I, I just couldn't think about, you know, every night that I had to go up against and he played thirty-four minutes and I played forty-four minutes. Yeah. And I had to do more work. And he was the only one I, I would at nighttime I would be like, what can I do? What can I do different to change my game to make sure I match him? And and you know, they were winning a lot of games, him and John, him and Carl, all of them they had great basketball teams and it was hard to go into Utah and beat them. Cause so when we played at Utah, I didn't do anything. You know, I just got in the bed and, and I focused on what I needed to do to stop him to give us a chance to win the game. You didn't eat pizza like Mike. No, you know, <laughs> I still I still had my Big Macs and fries <laughs> and, 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 and nugget, chicken McNuggets yeah. before the game. Yeah. That was my ritual. Right. So, you know, that's what I did.
3: But Glove, let me let me ask you this: In two thousand three, when you and you just mentioned Carmelo, both come to the Lakers at the same time. I mean, I remember that period of time like, what? Gary Payton and the mailman, the glove and the mailman are coming to the Lakers. And believe it or not, it was 20 years ago. Right. Yeah. Right. So what do you remember about that time, about the two of you coming to the Lakers, given who they had at the time, given who was coaching at the time, and what was going on in your world that you came to the Lakers then?
6: Well, you know what? Me and Carl had talked about it for a year, you know, because his contract was coming up, mine was coming up, and we didn't really think that we were going to be in, our, in, in Utah or Seattle for a uh, too much longer so we decided that as soon as we got out of there and i got traded to milwaukee uh we knew that we were going to go somewhere together you know and then magic started calling dr bus started calling and that made it you know Shaq was was a big for a big uh a big um you know friend to me and him so we were we we're talking and all of a sudden we just said we're going to decide to go but we had to under um figure out who's going to take the less money. Right, <laughs> because of <you laughs> the mid-level exception. At the middle right. level exception, right. yeah. and Carl just said, forget it. You can have it. We'll do what we have to do, and, and let's just go and win it. You know, it was a good situation. You know, Kobe was in his prime. Shaq was still um, good. And then during the summer, Kobe got into, into his situation. Right. And then Shaq wanted to go and start uh, deciding that he wants to get contract and then get into it with uh, Dr. Buss, but that's the way it goes. We were still playing very good basketball. We were 18 and two when Carl got hurt, you know what I'm saying? And that's the way it was. When Carl got hurt, we was 18 and two. all of us was averaging 17 points a game, and he was the one who did, had the glue for us. He was the one that kept the triangle together and did that. Once he got hurt, and then Kobe started you know, doing what, what happened there, and then you know Shaq did the same thing, we still stayed afloat. You know, the team, the players that was off the bench, and I was the only one that played 82 games. I was going to play the whole full season. And then all of a sudden, we made it and beat the number one team in the, in the, in the uh, yeah. Western Conference yeah. in San Antonio. San Antonio. Yeah. and we got to the finals, but by that time, I think the air was out of us.
1: Well, let me let me ask you this because now and maybe you, you you just explained it there, but I still contend because Carl got hurt in that series against the Pistons
6: too. Well, what happened was they were they were treating the wrong injury. Okay, you know, and then the real injury that he really got hurt popped. Right, and it, it, and it popped on him, and that was that was a a big blow to us there. Too. Right.
1: So I contend that if he was 100% healthy, I think that's a different series.
6: Absolutely. I think if he was 100% healthy, we were, he would have changed the whole game. Yeah. See, he could have guarded Ben. Ben would have had to guard him. Right. And then all of a sudden, Rashid, you know, all them guys were making shots. But we, I think that if Carl was with us, I think he changes the whole game because he's going to do a lot of things. We're going to put him on the post. We got Shaq on the other side, and then we can go to work. But other than that, I think Detroit was just rolling at the time. Yeah.
3: Okay, but the thing is is that you're talking about 20 years ago mm-hmm. and the Lakers having to overcome issues along the way to knock off a number one seat, right? We've been talking all afternoon here. What do you think about this year's Lakers and where they are right now, health-wise, roster-wise, and then looking at the rest of the conference? What's been a crazy year, can the Lakers maybe do something that
6: nobody could have projected a month ago? I don't know about that because I don't know what's going to happen. You know, AD, is if he stays healthy, I think they have a great shot. I think what uh, LeBron has done is I think that what he is done is he's resting himself so that they can make that push. They've been playing very well. You're, they've been playing really well to try to not to be in the playing in the tournament. But I think they're going to stay in a playing tournament. And, and then whoever plays them there, I think they'll go and play, play, play the number one seed and play, uh, play Denver. But I don't know if they can be able to make it. I I, I think with three or four rounds, you're saying. Well, I don't yeah. think three or four rounds they can win it. Yeah, they beat I Denver. Team, I don't think they can beat Denver. I don't I don't think Denver team. This is the first year I've seen Denver healthy. Yeah. And with a full team that can go far in the playoffs. You remember when they get in the playoffs, they don't really win games. Yeah. But I think this year with everybody healthy. That's a Denver team that can be reckoned with, and I think that's the team that could go out the West.
1: See, I, I think the West, you know, is pretty wide open, like mm-hmm. in the sense of like everybody's got some, a flaw, right, is right. the way I would look at it. Right. Um, but to me, the power is in the East right now, which is crazy. It's been, you know, 25 years since yeah. we've said that. Right. You know, you look at Milwaukee, you look at Philly, you look at Boston. To me, those are the three best teams in basketball. What do you think?
6: I think so. I, I, I really do think so. But I, I, I don't t- put um, uh, the West out when you got a good young Memphis team and a good Denver team with the, with the Joker. Okay. But I still think that Giannis and, and Boston, them, are of the top of the, uh, top of the level right, right now. They are the team that, that should uh, have to get beat. I don't think if Golden State, if they get back to playing defense. And Wiggins, and is, if back Wiggins is back back, yeah. If yeah. Wiggins come back, they're going to be a team to reckon with, too. Because I think they're starting to get into their flow, and they're going to be able to they're, – they're their champs still. I think a championship team that knows how to win can win games. Now, real quick, what did it feel like to
1: watch your son win a championship? Like that, I mean, I would imagine there's immense pride there for sure.
3: And you know Michael Thompson works with us, and so you know the relationship there.
6: Right. Yeah. Yeah, Well, we were only one one, one of the the two, the five of the two, you know, to win a father-son championship. But, you know, you turn into a basketball player who I am to a father that's a little bit different. You know what I'm saying? You've you taken it a little bit different. You know, as, you know I stopped critiquing my, my son like two, three years ago mm-hmm. because they don't like it. You know, we already fathered him. How old you know. are you? I'm 55. How old is he? He's 30. Okay. So, you know, it's like what you can't do that anymore. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because they don't want to listen. Right. <laughs> they don't want to listen. Yeah. Your yeah. kids don't want to listen to you, yeah. especially if they've been around you all their life. Yeah. Uh-huh. They're going to listen to somebody else before they listen to me. Mm-hmm. So I stopped critiquing him. You know, I don't call him anymore to talk to about a game. If he calls me, I'll give him the heads up. Now he's more happy when he sees me in the stands. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? He's always asking, "Is my father here? Yeah. Where is he at? Is he gone? You know what I'm saying? And then that's what I want to see. I want to be the father now. And la- last year was really great to see my son do that. And then he gets to brag. You know, I let him brag on me. You know, he <laughs> for me. He does all that. That's fine. You know what I'm saying? But does he do that? Does he tell you I got a he, championship he, he, before yeah, you yeah, did? Yeah, he does. He does. <laughs> he, he, and it's. Crazy crazy That's that he funny. does it, but, you know, I, I'm just happy for him. He but, went through a journey that it was too long for him to be to get to this level, and now, now he's there.
1: An incredible story. I don't know how, how familiar you are with the with well, second's II background. Through the G League, yes, multiple right. times, multiple teams. It wasn't teams. easy. He's yeah.
3: got the name, but it wasn't yeah. like first round and no. like immediate no. superstardom. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. But it's funny you just said something really interesting. And everybody who's listening who has a kid who plays sports, especially little sports, hasn't gotten to where you were. I think I just got there this past football season. My son's going into his senior year yeah. of college football. I went to see him play, and for some reason, I had this calmness, whereas normally I was like always so uptight because I knew I thought I could do it better than him. Right. And I, and I thought that um, I couldn't help him in any way. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, there was this calm, like, you know what? I think he's actually got this. Yeah. I think he's got it. Yeah. And, and I all of a sudden started to enjoy it rather than, like, losing my mind over it? Right. I'm curious, do you, can you think of a where,
6: when, like, where all of a sudden you just let it go? Well, you know, when he got into the pros, college I was like that, like what you are. I, I was like that. I was sitting on the sidelines. I was always uptight. And then I would think about me, not him. Right. And he's not me. It's only one Gary Payton. I just named him after me. That's it. Yeah. And I done told him, and we, we had a conversation, and I said, don't, be like me. Don't try to be like me. Try to be a side me. So if you see that picture up there, have your picture on the, on, the, on the other side because that's the only way you can play the game. And when he started playing that, and then I think about two years ago, two years ago, I started seeing my son make that that make that that, that turnaround. Where I said this kid is pretty good. You know what I'm saying? So I have to leave him alone and play within his game. He can't play like me. He's got to play like himself. And that's when he started seeing it, and he started changing it. And then the big thing was when Golden State came and got him, and Steve Kerr let him be him. Yeah. That's when you got to understand a coach has to let a person be that person, and now he's very effective with what he's doing.
1: Speaking of being that person, you are, in my opinion, the greatest trash talker of all time. <laughs> Who was the guy that you saw on the other side that you're like, oh, I am always in this dude's head? everybody <laughs> everybody is there one guy in particular that that you knew he was squeamish around i mean you? didn't you go after
6: stockton you were trying to figure right. out i was trying to figure it out but right. but there was you know, a lot I, of guys that you got in the head with yeah i got in a lot of guys heads but yeah. it's like that one guy you knew you couldn't get into his right head, right you know what i'm saying so everybody i went at everybody because but, i tried everybody you
1: know right what I'm saying? But, but tell tell me about trying to get into michael's head in that final series
6: Cause you, you just, just, made talk it. To, just talk to Mike. Mike is easy. You made him work in Mike, that series. Mike is easy because Mike is, Mike is a competitor. Right. He's going to come back at you, and he's going to respond to everything you say right. because he's going to try to outdo you. Yeah. And he wants to make sure that nobody sees that. Yeah. So that was easy for me to go at him because yeah. I know I was going to get some chirping back all the time. <laughs> and that's what he did. You know, yeah. he wouldn't have been a competitor if he didn't do that. Right. But he was effective because he can always back it up. Yeah. I like players that don't back down. If you back down to me, I don't have no more respect for you. Yeah. At all. Yeah. You know, and then the respect goes out the door. Yeah. But when you have respect with guys that will come back at you and talk. Yeah. Chris Paul was a key thing. He was a rookie. Yeah. I went at him. And he was getting coached by Byron Scott. And Byron Scott said, G.P., come here, man. Let me tell you something. That one right there is real. He going to go back at you. Yeah. And I respected him from ever since he was a young rookie. Yeah. And he'll tell you this, that – I couldn't get at him like that because he wouldn't let me do that. Right. And I respect players like that, and that's why Chris Paul has been a big, uh, I've been a big supporter of his, supporter of his because he did he did that and the way he played.
3: Anybody though, you say Michael Jordan would come back at you. Who can you see that you just got to, that you lost respect for? You're like, I already got this guy. I got no respect for this guy.
6: Well, you know what, I mean, and in a basketball way, a basketball way, Lamar Odom was that guy.
1: Oh, I remember the game. I was yeah, there. Lamar
6: Odom was that guy. Heat Lakers, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it was like, you know, I knew that I could get at him all the time yeah. because of the response that he did, you know. And then I really uh, went over the over the line about it yeah. with it because I knew that I could go at him every time. And I just thought about it, and I just like, you know. He's not the one that I need to get at, you know what I'm saying, because yeah. he's not that type of guy inside to do it. And then I said some things that was really, really disrespectful, and, you know, and I didn't know about his, his, his mom you know, at the situation. So it was a bad thing for me. So I left it alone after that. But every time I went at him, I would think about, you know, I can go at him any kind of way, and I'll get a reaction. How
1: fun was it going against Kobe?
6: Really fun. Uh, Kobe was a, a, a great kid. You know what I'm saying? When I, get to, when I got to play with him, I was around him a lot. You know what I'm saying? But he was a competitor. You know what I'm saying? He would always do this. If you get at it, if you get a good game against him, he'll come and talk to you. And then he'll be like, what should I work on? Right. What should I do? And when you do that, he would go and change his clothes, get in his practice gear, and come out after the game and work out two hours more on what you just told him. Yeah. And that's the way he was. Uh, one night, I got a call from him about 12.30 at night, you know, and he was like, what you doing? And I was like, man, what, 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 what's up? You know, I was thinking something was wrong. And he was like, could you come to the gym? And I drove all the way down to the gym in Ma- Manhattan Beach. And me and him worked out from 1 o'clock in the morning to 4 o'clock in the morning. What, Just what, working remember on Remember what defense. night of the week this was? It was probably like a, like a Wednesday or a Thursday. Yeah. And you were home? Like your phone? We was at home. Like you a landline? It, it, no, it was my cell phone. Yeah. Okay. Right by, my, right by my arm on my uh, desk right here when I was sleeping. And I'm like, oh, man, don't, you know, nothing be wrong. Right, right. You know well, you mean? get that Not call wrong. that late at you night. You get your yeah. call and it's from him. Yeah. So I'm thinking something's wrong. Yeah. So then we go and then, you know, I get up and, and leave. And look, we had a game the next day. You know, we had a game the next day, and that was uh, that was so special about him it's because he didn't care about asking how to get better. That's why he was the player he was because he wanted to get better and better and better, and he didn't care about if you would killed him the night before or whatever. He would say, yo, look at me. Let Tell me what I need to do to get better at this, and that's what he did a lot. He's Gary Payton, the Hall of Famer, yeah. the Glove. Unbelievable! With us here look at this here on 7th at ESPN. How's this
1: crowd right here? There it is. How's this proud at Yamaha? Thank you so much, GP, for hanging out with
6: us. No problem. Thank you guys it. for having you us. You
3: look like you're in good shape. If I took you tonight and said you got to play 10 minutes in tonight's national championship game, I hurt them kids. <laughs> oh, you put
6: it on him, huh? I hurt the kids, <laughs> really, because I coach college now. You yeah, know, yeah, I, you yeah. know, I got, I'm, I'm a, um, I'm a coach now, head coach at a college. Tell so, us where, by the way, at Lincoln University. Yeah. Okay. at Lincoln University. So it's like in the bay area in the bay area yeah. so it's like when i'm out there with them kids i have to show them that who i am really am yeah. you know what i'm saying because they see me but they don't know how who I really am. Yeah. So cause they still think now that I got, I got older, that you can still get at me. But I, you know, I put the wood on them, I lay them down. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Then yes, they I like, do. Coach, you still can move, coach. Yeah. You still you strong. <laughs> I said, see, that's what we're talking about. Yeah. So don't act like you can get at me like that. Yeah. So don't it'd be like that. Don't, don't get <laughs> confused by the gray in the don't air. Get confused. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. I could yeah. I can't die it. Yeah. I want, you, so just I want you to know, yeah. Just yeah. for men. I just want you to understand I can still do it. Yeah. Gary
1: Payton, ladies and gentlemen. Gentlemen, now this year. All right, yes, we're back. Sir. Radio Tinder on the other side here at Yamaha on 710 ESPN.
0: 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launcher online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the Did We Just Hit a Million Orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network.
4: We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but
3: sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. Love hearing your voice. Hey, can I just say one thing? What an amazing crowd of people we have here today at Yamava at the 909. That's right. That's right. Yes, sir. Gar- I thought everybody came to see me and Sedano. Apparently, everybody came to see Gary Payton. I guess that's the situation here. But we're happy you guys are all here because Gary Payton, let me ask you a question. How amazing was Gary Payton just now?
1: Oh, He's amazing. He's always been amazing. Great interview, GP. He's the best, man. I feel like Gary Payton and I are best friends now. Yeah, probably you think that. All right, Linz, what do you got?
2: By the way, Cappy, uh, my dad, uh, what do you what do you call him again? Dad Baseball?
1: Daddy Baseball,
3: that's he, right. He
2: texted me during the Gary Payton interview and said, Phenomenal interview. Phenomenal. Phenomenal. Yeah, so good stuff. Anyway, uh, so just like Elon Musk promised, Twitter has begun removing those legacy verified blue check marks. To keep your blue check mark, users will have to pay that $8 a month fee for Twitter blue. Not well, happening. It appears that some of the biggest athletes in the world are unconcerned about losing their verification status, and among those is LeBron. He tweeted over the weekend, well, guess my blue check will be gone soon because if you know me, I ain't paying the five. (laughs) And then there was also Chiefs quarterback Patrick Mahomes who joked that he can't pay because, quote, he got kids, bro. Other celebrities have spoken out against having to pay for their check marks as well. So do you guys think that Elon Musk will allow celebrities and athletes to keep their check marks for free? Swipe left or swipe right? Sedano.
1: Um, I'm going to swipe left. I think Elon's in it for the for the cash. What do you think, Cappy? I'm going
3: to swipe right because I think that he... He likes the clout? I think that he will eventually say that by... Taking LeBron's blue check mark or Patrick Mahomes' blue check mark, if they don't have them, then a, a civilian probably no longer wants them because it's like, hey, if LeBron's got a blue check mark, I got a blue check mark. I'm just a regular guy. That's LeBron. Point is, is that I think that it makes it more attractive to want a blue check mark if all the celebrities have them. Right. Son?
2: You're right. I saw someone posted who used to work for Twitter, posted like a thread about the the check marks and how they think that this is completely going to backfire on Twitter for that exact reason. Because they said, well, we verified people because we wanted people to know you're talking to the real deal here. Like, these people's tweets mean something because they're celebs, they're whatever they are, you know, news outlets, whatever the case is. Did I also
3: see last week that if you don't pay for the blue check mark, that you can no longer put out polls and you can no yep, longer... Yep, no
2: polls. And you can't re and like your, basically your replies to tweets will be somewhat hidden or like buried down in a, in a thread. Somebody sent me a
3: message the other day Actually, you probably know the guy, Matt Moreno from Dodger Blue. Yeah.
1: He, he I mean, I don't know him personally, but I know who you're talking about. Yeah, he he's sent very me a, good.
3: He sent me an email the other day. He said, Twitter just threw you guys a layup, meaning Cited, which is now a, purely a polling service. Yeah. He's like, it just did you guys this huge favor. I'm like, gosh, I never really even thought about it. Good That's right.
2: Oh, that makes sense.
3: Yeah, it does, it does make sense. Good so download for cited. the app.
2: Yeah, good for Cited. Now you yeah. need to figure out a way to, like, integrate the polls into the tweets somehow. Some, like, you know.
3: Yeah, it's not a bad idea.
2: Anyway, next one, MLB's new rules are working as hoped through the first four days of the season. The average game time has dropped by 30 minutes, stolen bases have doubled, and batting average has increased by 16 percentage points compared with last year's opening weekend. Games average 2 hours and 38 minutes through Sunday with the new pitch clock, down from last year's average of 3 hours and 5 minutes. So I heard Ramona and Mason talking about this earlier, and Ramona said that she doesn't like how short the ga- or quick the games are because she said she feels like she's rushed. Do you guys agree or do you, do you actually do you like the shortened games for baseball? Swipe left or swipe right, Cappy?
3: I'm going to swipe left and say that I don't, but here's why. Because truth be told, the season started on Thursday and we've had four days of the Major League Baseball season. I didn't watch any of spring training other than the highlights of guys dealing with the clocks themselves. But in the first four games of the season, I have not yet sat down and really been to or watched a game because I got myself all caught up into this March Madness fever. So I will have a much stronger opinion about whether or not these clocks are rushing me as a fan
1: in about a week or two. Why are you? But you have that anxiety during the clocks? Not me. Ramona, I was going to say, I love it.
3: Ramona was saying she has anxiety that, that when she's at the game yeah. instead of it being like a relaxing she's focusing thing, on the clock she well that and she says you know like you can't get there in the fourth inning anymore and be there
2: for yeah. 3 hours No, That's no.
1: big in LA so too so you know what it's funny i'm going to take twist this a little bit i'm going to i'm going to so i'm going to swipe left right because i don't think it causes me an anxiety i actually really enjoy it i love the fact that they're 31 minutes shorter but here's the thing like i've watched a lot of the broadcasts and The one – and I I have not watched the Dodgers game uh, yet this season, so I have not seen what they're doing on Spectrum. But I watched the Cubs game because our boy Shambi does the games. The boogly-boogly. Yeah. And Marquee Sports Network, which is like the Spectrum sports of the Cubs, they have the pitch clock right next to where the balls and strikes are. So it's like – Everything, insta- like I've seen some places where they do it like on a separate bug, like away from the, where the score is and all that. That's distracting to me. But if it's right there where I'm looking anyway for balls and strikes and who's on base and what inning it is, I think that is brilliant. Like if I were every network, I would copy what they're doing because it becomes less of a distraction that way.
3: I just think that shorter games are better. There's been too many times where I've watched a game that's lasted four plus hours. And I'm like, let's go, people, while we're young. You know, and so I'm happy that the games are shorter, but I will I will be able to give you a much stronger opinion when I really, really sit down, because thus far I got myself all wrapped up into March Madness.
2: I went to check the score of the Guardians game on Wednesday and it was like 915 and I was like, oh, my gosh, the game is already over. Yeah, like it was crazy. You know, two hours, eight minutes, something like that. Yeah. All right. Last one for you guys.
1: I have one because somebody just text this to me. But go ahead.
2: Okay, so I graduated high school when I was 16, a little early, but you know, there was a very, very long time ago. So long that over the weekend I got an email about our upcoming 20-year high school reunion. Not going to lie, made me cringe. I really don't think I have any desire to go, you know, mingle with these people that I haven't seen or talked to in 20 years and, you know, with Facebook now, I feel like I know anybody who I really care about, I know what they're doing. So, for you guys, did you go to any of your high school reunions? Swipe left swipe did. right? I did. I went to
1: my 10-year reunion. Swipe right. I went to my 10, but 20... Uh, I feel like um, I too much time. No, I went to my 20, uh, too. Hold on. I'm trying to think. I went to my
3: 10. Uh-huh. I went
1: to my 20.
3: Yeah, because... And that's 20. the last one I've been yeah, to. Yeah, me I, too. I well, think, I haven't
1: gotten to 30 yet, so... But I think...
3: Let's see. I graduated in 88, high school in 1988, so I think 2018 was my 30, and I did not go to that one. I think... Um, 10-year, you're like, hey, let's see what's going on with yeah. everybody. And
1: everybody's like still right. kind of building yeah. their life. Figuring right. out what they're yeah. going to do,
3: yeah. 20-year, yeah. you're trying to figure out, would I still go to bed with her? Would does she want to go to bed with me? <laughs> like That's the way it was. Yeah. And I Now, mean, were I'm you just, still with the, the ex at that time? I was, which is why I wasn't capable of doing some of the things that were offered <laughs> to me. But, oh, yeah. but now, I feel like my 40-year, because now as people get older and there's fewer, yeah. that's the, probably the one I will go to next. Oh, because you want to go? Find a, you'll yeah,
1: you fight th- someone to stoop there. I could. It yeah. depends
3: on you know what me and Rachel are doing at yeah. that time. The yeah, divorcees yeah. club. I got club. a few more yeah. years. Yeah, yeah. yeah. My girls. Hey, listen, the girls who I went to high school with,
1: they still looked hot. Yeah. AF. yeah. yeah, me too. Ten year and twenty year. Yeah. So, uh, is that it? You know what? I'll tell you the story I just got. I, I didn't realize this is pretty funny um, that somebody sent, and apparently it's about. I'm included in this story. I, I didn't
2: saw you it. over there laughing to yourself. Like, yeah, What's going like, on.
1: I, I saw that and I was like, "Wait, is this for real?" So anyway, well, I'll tell you what that story is. It involves March Madness. Since we have one more segment to go, we're here at Yamava. Hang out with us. The glove is in the house taking yeah. pictures. Yeah. The glove is signing autographs. GP Hall of Famer here on 710 ESPN. What you need to know is brought to you by our friend Lindsay. Lindsay, what do you got?
2: Well, Golden State forward Andrew Wiggins is nearing a return to the team and is expected to be back earlier this week, sources told Woj earlier today. Uh, Wiggins, who's missed 22 consecutive games attending to a family member, is expected to be back in the Bay Area as soon as the next 24 hours. It's unclear how much he'll play in the team's final three regular season games, but his return would come with enough time to prepare for the play-in tournament and playoffs beginning next week. And, of course, the Warriors are currently the sixth seed in the West. That's what you need to know.
1: Yeah. It'll be fascinating to see where all these teams end up. They're so jumbled together. Um, But Andrew Wiggins, here's an interesting stat for you, Cappy. When the Warriors have their starting five that won the championship last year. Yep. Intact. Mm -hmm. So it's Steph, Clay, Draymond, Kevon Looney, and Andrew Wiggins. Yep. They are a plus 22 points per 100 possessions. That is the best starting five in all of the NBA this season. So much like the Lakers have been going through turmoil, I'm curious to see if the Warriors could also overcome some of the challenges that they've faced. I think that it it will be tough because at the moment they'd have to face Phoenix in the first round, and the last person you want to see is KD. Although, I feel like there's a lot of pressure on KD in that scenario to have to face his old team. No doubt.
3: Um, hey, listen. Talking to Gary Payton off air. I mean, he's pretty bullish on, on the Warriors. On the Warriors, yeah. getting Wiggins back and then yeah. what that could mean for yeah. that team. So yeah.
1: that that's a big number. Plus twenty two is not a small number.
3: What would be amazing is if somehow, and I don't know if if they can possibly ever work out based on who's sitting where right now and how many games are remaining. Yeah. What if the Lakers saw the Warriors? In the Western Conference Finals, that'd be insane. That would be crazy. Like KD, oh, it would be the NBA's Phoenix, dream. Right, gets Phoenix gets knocked out. Right, you know Denver was never really as great. I mean, hey, talk to Gary Payton. He thinks they're for real. Yeah, they are. I've been I, telling you they're for real. So now that
1: GP says it, you agree? Well, yeah I, mean, yeah. I mean, I've been telling
3: you all season. Well, look, I mean, you know, you don't respect anything I have to say when right. it comes to basketball. So right. I've become very skeptical of your opinions. No, that's but all. now, now the Hall of Famer validated yeah, it. Right, right. That's why I was trying to tell you last week the whole LeBron thing. Yeah, it wasn't just my opinion. It was Jay Williams' opinion. Yeah. And you said, I said, George. It was a you, silly opinion. I said, do you respect Jay Williams? And I said, yes. You say
1: So, therefore, you should respect his opinion. But doesn't mean I can. I, I have to agree with his Disagree. opinion. Disagree? Yeah. You just got to respect yeah. it. Um, all right. So, that is what you need to know. Now, here's a, what you need to know. This is what I was laughing about earlier. So, obviously, you and I Saturday yep. were at the, uh, the Final Four. Uh, by the way, uh, Adam is calling you.
3: He's, he, this guy is calling me, and he's at the game right now. Yeah. And he probably thinks I'm at the game. Right. And if he knows that I'm not at the game, he's going to be like yelling at me, "How could you leave this game?" Right. And i to be like, "I had a commitment. Hey, by the way, I thought it was a big deal that I left t- for the game tonight. Yeah. I said how much you were more committed than I was. Yeah. How about I, Gary? Com-
1: committed to you? Gary Payton was there too. Yeah. I didn't know Gary Payton there was, was there. a lot of people there. Yeah. I saw T Mac. I was hanging out with him for a second. Did Gary, you see
2: Kirk? Did you guys see Kirk Morrison I did there? not see Kirk there. No. I thought he was going to be at the game today, but he said he wasn't. He had to get back to coach basketball. Okay. So. so so, commitments.
1: Mm-hmm. So page six. I got this text right, and it just you know it was like, "Yo, check this out." And I'm like, "All right, whatever." It's page six, New York Post. Yep. And it's Robert Kraft sends Patriots plane for Miami basketball team after March Madness lost. So I thought that's why they were sending it mm-hmm. to me. And I'm like, "All right, whatever." So I I read. I glance through it, and basically, you know, um, Robert Kraft sent back. You went on a private jet. They said he sent his own private jet. The Patriots plane. Why? To pick up the Miami guys. Why? Uh, maybe he's friends with Laranega or something. I don't know. Who knows? I mean, he knows everybody, Robert Kraft, right? Pretty nice of him to do. So in this write-up, they're talking about who was at the game. You know, all these NFL alumni, Michael Irvin, Edron James, all the Miami guys, Barrios, Clinton Portis, Reggie Wayne, Andre Johnson. Uh, Lakers played Devon Reed. Didn't uh, see him. Yeah. He was, Wouldn't uh, know him. And Lonnie Walker. Uh, Didn't source, see him either. He also played for the University of Miami. Page, sources told page six. So there's a picture of Michael Irvin there, you know, hanging out, people taking pictures of him. And then uh, – you know, talks about uh, FAU versus San Diego State for a second, and then at the end of this thing, I'm scrolling down. It says other Miami faithful included power public relations Maven Ron Berkowitz and ESPN sportscaster George Sedano. How about that? Oh, dang! You're on
3: big oh, six. hell yeah. yeah! Now me
1: and Key, me and
3: Key have something in common, Very, dude. This is, I try to explain this to people. This is a star-studded show. This is the kind of show where. A guy shows up in page six just for being at a basketball game. Right. It's the kind of show where a guy is Do you think Mason and Ireland
1: are getting into page six?
3: No, it's the kind of show where a guy is hanging out with the broadcaster who's like the centerpiece of the entire right. universe. Right, Like, this is a star-studded, L.A.
1: caliber Hollywood radio show. How do you think Mason will feel if he reads that?
2: Oh, like, send it to him right now.
1: He'll be, you think, how jealous from like one to Barry, ten do you think? 11. 11. Yes. Cappy, 11. You're gonna be pretty upset about it. That's big I'll time. Tell you that. There's You're
2: like pretty upset about that it. is the like gossip, you know. Celebrity. I was it.
1: I was one of the people to be seen apparently.
3: Yep. Hey, look. I it, didn't know that. I was listening earlier today to Mason. He was talking about Jim Nance. I'm like, did you not see any of my social media this week? You were all over. He's it. like, no, I didn't see any of it. I'm like, you better go check it out. Yeah. And then he's like, oh my god, this is the coolest thing ever. I'm Yeah. Like, yeah. So.
1: Oh, the wings are here, bro. All right, hey, get, let's grab the chef for a quick second. here. Chef, here you go. Hold on, chef. Hold on, we got. I gotta eat this. This is th- which one okay, so tell us what wings we Oh, the chef's gotta put his uh hat away, real quick. Sorry about that. It's chef. hard
3: to put on a pair of headphones yeah, when you got a chef the hat.
1: hat. I understand away. that. Chef, can you give us your name for everybody here? Chef Everton Clark. Chef yes, Everton Clark? How about a round of applause for Chef, chef Everton Clark? Doing a hell of a job right. here. You have brought us the amazing
4: pizza, right? What was that called? Uh, the mezzaluna. The mezzaluna was incredible. Can
3: you describe it? Because I'm just about to try my first
4: bite of the mezzaluna. Yeah. Absolutely. So on one side of the mezzaluna, you have the mac and cheese inside. And then on the other side, you have some um, andouille sausage. You have some brisket. Um, you have some jalapenos, some um, green onions. And then we have our secret sauce on top. George said it was pretty damn spicy. It was spicy, but good. Go
1: like like it's, good. It's good spice. Oh, it's good spice. So
4: delicious. Let me try this.
1: Go ahead. Give it a bite. Mmm.
3: I went right in on the tri-tip.
4: Yeah, big old bite of the tri-tip. Right, get
1: the get the sausage there. Mm. That's where the spice is.
4: Chef, very good.
1: Yeah, very, get, get very little, good. get a little sausage bite in there. Mm. Yeah,
4: we're we're actually doing this for March Madness. So um, as we come to the end of March Madness, we're going to extend it and keep it. Oh going. wow, great! Because it's
1: April Madness now. Did you get the sausage in there now? Yeah,
4: yeah. Sausage gone. Incredible, huh? Mm.
1: Now tell us about these wings you got here. We got three sets of wings. I believe. Correct me if I'm wrong. Habanero on the left.
4: Habanero. Yeah. And then you have your traditional, traditional huts, buffalo. Yes. And then this, these are what we call our crispy wings. Oh, see, Ooh, I like
1: a nice dry rub. Yeah. That looks exactly, like a nice
4: That's dri- exactly yeah. what it is.
1: Yeah. So a little like dry rub, almost lemon peppery maybe?
4: Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, and, and just like the glove, these stick to your ribs. Yeah, oh, there you go. <laughs> these <laughs> you stick. Go. So you got to come over and try them. Right over by Get It Grill. Once the game starts, please step over and start ordering. Yeah.
1: GP was disappointed that he uh, that he ate before coming here.
4: Yeah. yeah. So. GP. Gary. GP. You, you got to come over and try one of you gotta these. Got to get some the of these wings, GP. Come on, you got to try it. He's coming over. He's got. right. He's, he's got
1: stuff to sign. He's got a lot of people here, but he, oh, he'll get in on oh, that.
4: These, these are, these are. You got to, you got to, you got to try one.
1: All right, here comes Gary. GP's Payton. here. Gary, right, habanero. Going in. Habanero. That's really hot. Yeah. That's traditional buffalo, and this is just like a, dry like rum. a lemon pepper dry like rub, crispy. All right, he's All right. going in. GP going in on the dry rub. What do you think, GP?
3: Okay, he's tasting. He's tasting it. He's, he's tasting, he's tasting he's it. He's chewing. Yeah. Oh, he's going, oh, he's going for, for a big two. bite now. Bite, bite two.
1: Wait for it. Yeah. Bite Wait two is it? In. Oh, oh he's bite going three! All here we go! Oh, now here we go! Now there it. it is! Oh, he gets oh. the dab. Chef. Chef, yes. There we go. All right. All right. GP knows. I, I'm in on that GP. He I knows you. what time it is. Yeah. It's wing time. Yeah. Get in on. We'll get in on that. Grab a couple more. Yeah, we will. We will absolutely, sir. Chef, a pleasure to see you. Thank you. Thank you
3: for having us yet again. You and your staff and everybody that works here at Yamavah. Are amazing partners yeah. of ours, and we love being here.
4: We love the partnership, yeah. yeah
1: it's awesome. Thank you. Thank you, Chef. Thank you, Chef, Chef Everton Clark, ladies and gentlemen.
3: Shout Chef Everton,
4: yeah.
1: So, Cappy, we have three and a half minutes here before we gotta go. Yeah, your team, like, yeah, we'll call them your. I mean, you're a pit guy, but let you know you've adopted San Diego State for I've, many I, years. I've been around the San Diego State
3: basketball team since the beginning, when Steve Fisher was walking around campus handing out tickets and asking the kids, please Please come come to the game. Right, right, right. I was there the day when Coach Fisher handed it off to Coach Dutcher. I've been lucky, George, very, very lucky to be close to Coach Fisher, his son Mark, his wife Angie, Brian Dutcher, his wife Jan, and I've gotten to see the San Diego State basketball program go from not really existing to tonight the all-time greatest achievement, which is make it to the championship game. But making it is great. But when you've come this far, I mean, I'm not saying you got to win because, like, if they don't win, everybody's still going to say what a great run it was. But this is your once-in-a-lifetime chance. It's your one shining moment. It's what it is, man. True. Are you going
1: to tear up when one shining moment happens if San Diego State wins?
3: 100%. My yeah. son has been texting me. Now, my kids, none of them go to San Diego State. None of them wanted to go to San Diego State. Right. But
1: They're, they're like, no way, Dad. Right. I
3: get they- out. I want to get out of here and try something new. But they have pride now. They, but they have pride in their hometown parochial. school. parochial. Yeah. Correct. Right. Yeah, yeah. So, I really hope San Diego State
1: wins. But if I'm really, really being honest, I kind of feel like... UConn's going to roll. I, I, I mean, they're really good. They, they don't have much, many weaknesses, if any, to be honest with you.
3: I hate to have that in my mind. Yeah. But the fact is, you beat Charleston, you beat, who was that little type, Furman. Yeah. You beat Alabama, who was the number one team in the right, tournament. Right, right. So that's your accomplishment yeah, there? Yeah,
1: that's a big accomplishment. And you, then you played FAU. You, you
3: squeaked by Creighton. Yeah. You squeaked by FAU. So either, one, San Diego State knows how to win close games.
1: Right, because they play good defense. Or,
3: two, they've never seen anything like UConn, and, and maybe they're out of gas tonight themselves. Yeah. It could be. But fun. I hope not, man. I, yeah, I hope they win. You want to hear a crazy story? Tell me we get a out crazy story because we have 90 seconds. There's a kid on the Connecticut team. His name is Joey Calcaterra. Yeah, yeah. Joey Calcaterra. Yeah, I know. He's a 24 year old kid. Yeah. Who's a graduate student who transferred to Connecticut. And he's a great shooter. You want to know where he transferred from? Where? The University of San Diego. Right. So he played four years in the West Coast Conference, right. which is dominated by Gonzaga, yeah. and as a sixth-year player, Going transfers to, to UConn,
1: hitting big threes.
3: And he's playing in the national championship game against the team that was the crosstown rival. He hit two big threes in the last game. Not a crazy story. Yeah, it is,
1: and he plays a lot.
3: So. And, j- and one more shout out. One more, Lamont Butler yeah. is from here in the Inland Empire. We're yeah. broadcasting from Yamabata today. right? Shout out to the IE. Went to Riverside Poly High School. Yeah. If you are a coach, an administrator, a teacher, a schoolmate, or just a resident of the area, you should take so much pride in what that kid pulled off on Saturday night.
1: That's awesome. But let me tell you about taking pride. You know who takes pride? Honest Abe. Honest Abe at Fullerton Ford, man. I that. I Changing that. the car buying experience, whether you want to go there to buy a car, um, whether you want to just go test drive, they've got you. They treat you like a human being. They treat you like family. They're doing things differently because they're built differently. And here's the thing. If you are a business owner right now, you need to listen up. Because Honest Abe at Fullerton Ford, you know what he's doing? If you got, like, a fleet of cars because you own a business, small business, big business, you name it, Right. They will go and service your vehicles wherever you want. You don't have to bring them to Fullerton Ford. He's got a fleet of mechanics who will go service your vehicles, your pickup trucks, your SUVs, whatever it is. If you've got a fleet of cars because you're a business owner and you don't want to waste any time, he will come to you morning, day, night, night. Overnight, whatever you got to do to get this done, okay? That's why when I say they're doing things differently because they're built differently, I mean it. When you think Ford, I want you to think Fullerton Ford, a proud veteran owned dealership with special pricing for all current and military veterans, located at 700 Commonwealth, West Commonwealth Avenue in the heart of Fullerton. Visit their website, FullertonFordOC.com. Fullerton Ford. Putting dreams in driveways. We are done here from Yamaha. Yeah. The National Championship Aztecs! is up next. Congrats to both teams. Good luck to San Diego State. Thank you guys for joining us here at Yamaha. Great job. Briona's back here. The marketing team, all our team here at 710 ESPN. Lindsey Cappy, and for me, we're out of here. We'll talk to you on Wednesday. See ya.